millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the gang. You know, the one you never asked to be a part of. You are listening to The Grief Gang Podcast with me, your host, Amber Jeffrey. This podcast has been created to tackle the tough but important conversations around grief with authenticity, realness, and having a laugh whilst we're at it. Look, we're all going to experience grief at some point in our life, in some way or another. So it's good to talk about it, so that it's not much of a nightmare when it comes knocking at our doors. Grief can be incredibly lonely and isolating, but you don't have to feel lonely alone. On this podcast, you will hear various different stories and experiences, ones that will uplift you, inspire you, break your heart, mend your heart, and get you asking yourself some big questions. Some of these stories on my own, some are from the wonderful growing Grief Gang community, and some are from the incredible guest interviews. You will most likely cry. <laughs> I hope somewhere along the line you can get a giggle in. But I promise you, you will learn something. I haven't got a clue what you'll take away, but I know you will take away something. So this might be weird to say given the context, but happy listening. Welcome back to the show, Joe. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not doing this. We're not. No, we're not giggling already because we actually, Joe. I, I, it's a serious podcast. This is, and it's nice to. Um, well, I feel like tooth and nail to have you back on this podcast to come back after three years to finally come back. If you're a long-term listener, you will have remembered the first episodes we did on this on grief and relationships back in yeah 2019 it was yeah like one of the first of the five episodes of the show yeah we were kind of just hashing it out and I mean we've now gone another three years coming up four years of the podcast and you've obviously aided in that as well and just as as that has happened my grief has changed and 
things in our relationship has changed and so forth. Be nice to hash at it again. But anyway, yeah, I a good couple of weeks ago put some questions when I said that we were gonna have a re-go at this episode again, I put some questions out on the Grief Gang Instagram to say, Joe's coming back on the pod. He's coming back. What do you want to ask him as the partner of a bereaved person? And we had lots and lots of questions and sharings. Um, ones that Joe has seen and is like fucking hell. And Joe is nervous now to answer them. But disclaimer before we get into it, we're no two professionals on this. We are just a couple who've been together for a long time. And a, a girl who stayed around for a long time without a ring. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we're just two, cup, two people sharing the experience. And none of it is gospel. None of it is... Um, you don't have to live your life by it, just shooting the shit and finding out. But before we get into the questions, because we have got quite a few, I suppose we were just going to go really pick up from where we left off of the last episode of kind of how things have been from then to now and kind of like how my grief has changed and how that has subsequently changed our relationship. What do you think like our relationship has been like since that episode and like growing through the new grief from then to now? And I suppose as well, you've got to add in the factor of like grief gang into that. I know that not everyone can relate to that and having a podcast or like a growing Instagram account in their relationship of the difference between us just starting grief gang then and me just starting that and then to fast forwarding today with that with it i think it's definitely helped as we were saying earlier Absolutely. we've grown up a lot as people and as a couple like quite yeah. often i feel that when you have an issue or a dilemma to deal with mm. you quite often go to that now yeah instead of me did you ever feel like when that first happened or did you feel like a bit of like i think the caveat in that is that um although I don't necessarily and I think some people they find it weird to wrap their head around this of like I said it on podcasts before on different platforms and interviews of like I'm like Joe isn't my first point of call like not all the time like when there's something like grief related going on with me like it's just not because you don't get it but that doesn't mean that you don't know about it like I'm not living like a double life it's just if I need to figure some shit out it's like if you if you needed some help with law, you're not going to go to a fucking plumber, are you? No, I think so. <laughs> if there's something that's really personal and like or family related, then then naturally yes, you'd come to me, yeah. you'd come to your family or friends. But I think if it's something like little or anything grief related, really, mm. why would you not want to speak to like minded people? What hardships do you think we've been through in the lo- in the past couple of years between? that episode and now or let's just go like you know we'll kind of let's play you know for the sake of people who haven't listened to that episode and to be honest i ain't listened to that episode back because i couldn't bear to hear our voices i think people should listen to it this year if you want you go back you can go back and listen to the first episode of this and just see but just don't judge me no definitely do come back and in the comment section just say like did your balls drop oh fuck off <laughs> yeah the hardships i think the for our relationship, yeah, between last episode in 2019 and now, I think probably the biggest hardship has sometimes been like with with the work that I do and like being in the the now the climate that I work in and and the environment of just like 
a lot of grief work and of bereavement and kind of, you know, being really submerged into that world and then it being constant, like it's, yeah, it's hard and it's hard to, I can imagine for you to like try and relate to a world, like not even like relate to, because you know you're not going to, but to, um, like when I have come to you with like gripes about it or just sort of things, sometimes you can meet me in the middle, sometimes you're like, I, I don't, I don't understand it and that's fair enough. I worry that sometimes you don't switch off from it sometimes. Oh, so you're outing me, okay. No, you don't. Well, <laughs> you need to be outed, I think. Like, yeah, you <laughs> work really hard. me. Right, so that's... <laughs> you work really hard and, like, the work you do is, like, incredible. Um, but I feel that sometimes, like, you need to take a break from something that is so, like, mentally draining sometimes. And mm. something sometimes it's really good for you and mm. it really helps you sometimes get through tough times. I do worry sometimes that you're finishing work in mm. your general day-to-day job and then you come home and then you've got this to deal with as well. Mm. There are different times of the season of the year that will call for like different parts mm. of it and to yeah. be like, right, this is just on, got to graft hard here for the long-term goal of kind of relax and re- and the kind of like as pre-recording season and stuff like that. But yeah, it is hard. I can imagine I, if this was vice versa... I would not be as graceful as you've been. It's been, as we've gotten older as well, we've got to think with that, we've gotten older as grief gang has, has kind of grown up alongside us too. So I feel like our communication level is just a lot better. Although at times like yeah. I can definitely just shut off and just get into my own like hermit hole of working and just doing and just not mm. saying anything until it gets really bad. And then I'm like, oh, I don't know how I feel. And it coming out in different ways. You're my partner. I come home, like, if I come off recording, I'm like, oh my God, Joey, this person, they're amazing. Like, or yeah. I'll come off and I'll be like, speechless. And you'll be like, you're right. I'm like, that conversation was amazing. And like, through what I'm learning and what I'm sharing, what I'm putting out, and I'm sharing it with you, like, yeah, you get to learn too. And I think, although you might be like, I don't really, like, even we had a conversation of a day, like, of how you, you couldn't really, like, truly understand about like secondary losses and kind of like mm. how you can grieve for somebody like who's alive still like I know that we had, we had a conversation about it and, we, and you were like I know you still couldn't really get it but you were like okay I kind of see a, the concept but I just having the conversation together like I'm not I now don't expect you and be like why don't you get it? I think before I would probably jump down your throat a bit mm. and be like I've told you and like you should just understand it but you have to knowing that Everyone is just going to learn on their own, their own accord and on their own experience. Okay, so we've gone through hardships and stuff like that and kind of all that. But what do you think is something that we've learned about our relationship and us as a couple and individuals through like this past, yeah, three years of grief after that episode? How how do you think we have evolved as a couple? You creating Grief Gang and... Mm learning off so many other people in similar situations like that has helped yourself massively to Mm. like with your grief and understand grief a lot more and then I've learned off you I'm never gonna like learn that as much as you are and I'm never going to understand your situation as much as as you probably want me to but yeah I think we've definitely gotten better as as I have had grief gang and had that as a resource of just communicating better. I think before it and before just doing the work, as we say, um, I just couldn't communicate. Neither could really communicate and just say, like, what's fucking going on with you? And just actually 
create like a safe and just open space yeah i think but just more experience in your relationship no matter if you've got grief gang not grief gang whatever like you're gonna learn off each other and you're gonna understand Mm. each other much more and i think you've become much better in that and communicating what you want from me Mm. and telling me that i maybe i'm slacking in certain areas and i'm not Mm. you know I'm, i'm not understanding you in certain places and i think just more time helps with mm. any relationship i think you understand each other much more you do what you said that you would advise like i, I kind of strongly i can't give people advice it's not, look it's very loose advice don't listen to my advice look, don't take Just it don't you do don't it. have to don't. take it if you don't, don't want to like when i say advice like, i i do i have a i have a hard time with saying like this is advice because like I, I I shouldn't be giving advice either. And like I don't uh, well. It's more of just like it's, it's reflections. Okay, look, yeah. it's a bit of reflection. Look, this you can take it as advice if you'd like to, but it's I say do not live your life by it. And like especially with this, like everyone's a bit different. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And do you know what I like to think? Everybody who's listening, we're big enough and bad enough, right, to understand that, especially with grief, that it's not a one stop shop and like an all mod all size fits model. Mm. Like you just you know you can take parts of this and apply it to your relationships, whatever that may be. Um, and if it doesn't work, don't come back to fucking shoot the messenger. You know, we're big enough or bad enough to like take responsibility for our lives of that. Like, I'm just going to tell you what my advice, potential advice might be, or like to just like support your partner who's grieving and like being the partner who is bereaved and like being able to talk to your partner and say, again, kind of even like, even for me actually, yeah, giving advice like to another couple, like it's, I, I, I've had this question so many times in my DMs and just in emails and everything of like, what do I do with my partner? Like, okay, I'm going to talk someone as a bereaved person who is like um, struggling with their partner. Like, I've had a message of people saying, you know, I don't know what to do with my partner. Like, they're not really being all quite like sensitive to me or they're not like the best like when I talk about my person, blah, blah, blah. Understand that your person, your partner is not actually potentially always going to be your first point of call and be okay with that you need to find people who understand you and maybe who have been in similar boats as you and similar stories find your community and build up and understand the language about your grief there because you're seeking it in somebody who is just who just doesn't it's not going to understand you as a partner you're not going to understand that person's grief like completely you can listen and and do whatever you can physically possibly do but you're not in their boots like you're mm. not going to understand how they're feeling so you i think you have to push them to like-minded people and communities that will help them out because mm. there's only so much you can do yourself my situation was put yourself on the back burner a little bit like it's mm. not it's not the ideal thing and it's not what like you probably would want to hear no matter how much you're gonna have to suck it up like it's not going to be as bad as what they're going through so mm. like in a way get over yourself a little bit i know it's not the best thing like i'm not gonna sit here and even be like oh god like i think because that's just what you know as much as what i put in for me to like into survival mode that's obviously what you did as well just to survive as well just like there is no time to kind of really sit and think of like a proper i mean especially in our circumstance just like overnight right what what do i do just you're just thrusted into this world of like fuck how do i support her mm. at what point yeah, that do can't you go, go yeah exactly you can't that do that can't forever. Go forever and that really like, goes with one of our questions that's, that's that we've got i feel like you have to like while you're putting yourself on the back burner you have to help your partner like you can't just sit there and just 
mm. accept they're going to feel shit all the time. Like, yeah, let's get them out of that rut and, and help them with their grief. Learn yourself about the situation they could possibly be in. Do your own pick research. Like, yeah, pick up a book, <laughs> listen to a podcast, follow whoever on Instagram, do whatever. Yeah. Like, you're, if you educate yourself, then... Do the work. You're going to put your partner in a better situation as yeah. well. Hello, I'm Amber, your host of the Grief Gang podcast, who is already in your ear holes as you are hearing this ad because you are listening to a Grief Gang podcast episode. And I'm Poppy, the creator behind the Grief Case and previous Grief Gang guest a fair few times. We won't interrupt you for long, but we just wanted to tell you about our Patreon community, Unpacking Grief. Unpacking Grief is an intimate and exclusive community where we're quite literally unpacking grief. Through Patreon-only workshops, book clubs, live Q&As with faces and names in the grief space you know and love, we're getting through this grief stuff together. Join today and become a part of our wonderful and supportive community. Become a member and pay nothing, and we mean nothing, until the first of that month. Try before you buy. If you hate us, you can leave with no hidden fees. Joining details in the show notes. Bye! There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And throughout of all of that, like just getting on with it, was it like a thing of I? you could feel it wasn't always going to be like this? Did you? Could you see like the light at the end of the tunnel you just thought like you know better days they're coming um in a way yeah but i'm not particularly the most optimistic person in the world <laughs> anyway so like i don't know I, don't, I couldn't i couldn't pinpoint the mo- like the moment i was like yeah we'll be all right like there were days where i was mm. like fucking hell like we're not like, right she's, like she's yeah like she's falling out with friends and i'm like you question it a little bit and be like like how What's long can on? i like yeah like accept how many like, more friends can i unfollow way. on and instagram i'm not gonna lie i probably should have acted upon it a bit more like i wasn't i wasn't that proactive with it i don't think like i didn't yeah. push you in a way to be like like come on now like let's sort it out now mm. and luckily i think you kind of mostly sorted out yourself okay now we're gonna move on to the questions from the grief gang audience I had loads and loads of come in and I've kind of just favorited the ones who like direct questions and kind of like, you know, things like most frequently kind of asked or like similar to. So thank you to everybody who wrote in and shared because there were some hard ones in there and it's, it's a really tricky topic this and 
you know, you just want to be seen and heard and feel resonated to. So we all answer these questions to the best we can with our own experiences. Question one. I live with my boyfriend and I feel he is getting the worst parts of my grief because it's it's the only place I can be myself. What advice do you have to the partner of someone grieving in dealing with the bad parts of someone's grief? Just kind of understand that you're going to be on... It's not going to be ideal. You put yourself on the back burner a little bit. But I think more importantly, like you have to listen to what the other mm. person wants. And although, like, they might come out with some shit sometimes and you'd be like... But, like, in context for her of, like, she is... She's obviously in her home and she's Mm. the most comfortable place she can be. So whether that is potentially, like, she's, like, a bit of a leaky tap, crying a lot, Mm. being maybe a bit, like, low mood. She might be out, like, all day at work, like, really putting on, like, a mask and being, like, keeping her shit together Mm. and whatnot. And then coming home, just, like, falling all apart. But then she's falling apart at home. And her partner's a bit like, oh. It's kind of like she's almost feeling like there's nowhere for her to be, like, fully expressively grieving. Well, I think that's a situation where maybe you do need to just let it out in some form. Kind of just, like, do, rip the Band-Aid off. No, but, like, there's loads of things you could do, like, like you do, like, journaling and stuff like that. Mm. Write, write it down if you've got problems. Have you ever snooped in my journal? Nah. Lies. No, I actually haven't. I should. Liar. I really should. No, you shouldn't. Don't yeah, say I should. That. I, should. <laughs> I should. No, I talk I don't shit know about you in there sometimes. But yeah, I think you should like <laughs> write it down. If like, just like I said earlier, like, talk to like-minded people. Mm. And like, yeah, like if you are feeling like particularly emotional about it, like let it out. Like, yeah. What's the worst that could happen? Isn't it? Cool. Next question. Do you ever feel like your partner should feel more sympathy for you when you have arguments? Sometimes when I'm arguing with my boyfriend, I feel like he shouldn't be as mad with me because I've lost my mum and I'm grieving. But am I just feeling sorry for myself? Right, he's going to go first. You go first. What do you feel? What do you feel in that situation? I think in the nicest way possible, I think you shouldn't... uh, I I don't think you get 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 a get out of jail card. Noted. Like, I don't care if you get mad. I'll get, I'll get even madder back. No, but like you feel sometimes that you, <laughs> can, never... you can get pissed off or upset about something that you have no valid right to be pissed off or upset about. No, that's not what this is, though. What? Like, they're in an argument. Do, do you ever feel like your partner should feel sympathy for you when you have arguments? So we're arguing. Yeah, so that person's saying that so like, they're yeah. grieving, so they, they should be right in the argument. Yeah, or like he should, or that they should go a bit softer on them, maybe like maybe... I don't know if you're shouting. Like, I don't think you need to really shout like, like in, insanely in an argument. Just mm. tell one of to fuck off and go to bed. I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he should kind of give a give this person like a bit of like an I say easy ride, Lucy, but not go as hard. And I think I don't know. For me, when I first read this, I did understand the last bit of like, am I just feeling sorry for myself? Of like, you're in a vulnerable state as it is anyway, and then like you're probably having arguments. You're probably having arguments potentially like off the back of like your grief. Like mm. you may not even realize it or understand that like maybe it's potentially the way that you're behaving or your attitude is like changing your relationship. And so therefore you may be like arguing or like bickering and nagging a little bit more. But you know, it's not, you feel like it's nothing to do with your grief, but sometimes it is everything to do with your grief. Mm. If I've done something wrong and I know in Can the argument that? I am wrong, I'm wrong. 
Do you know what that means? Do I know what starts to be wrong? Yeah. No, because I'm always right. Okay. I don't expect a get out of jail card. I mean, I don't expect you to like verbally abuse me. I just don't think, I think, in, I think in general relationship, if you can't really communicate with your partner without like, yeah, be honest. And like being overt, you know, a shouting and stuff like that, like get out. Yeah. I think you have to be honest with your partner. Like if your partner's being a dickhead about something and they're completely wrong, like mm. you have to be honest with them and tell them and call them out on it. But yeah. also, I think you 100% have to have an understanding of... But also, they, like, there's a way around it. Yeah, they're going to put themselves in situations and they're going to maybe be, be a bit snappy. They're going to be in a bad mood about stuff. And as a partner, you have to understand that. Mm. And you have to give them a bit of leeway sometimes. But if it gets too much, or they put themselves in like a spiral where, like I said to you earlier, like mm. you're being a dickhead to people and you're falling out with friends. Yeah, like what's like, going on here? You have to, as a partner, call them out and say... You can't watch your partner like, self-sabotage. Yeah. yeah. Next one. Did you feel like your boyfriend always understood your grief? Mine is super supportive, but I can't help but think he doesn't really get it because it's not his mum. Yeah, he won't. And that's not to be like to be rude of like phrase that he won't get it because it's not his mum. Mm. And you never will until it is your mum. Mm. <laughs> and it's and you said your boyfriend can be really supportive, and that's amazing that he is supportive and you feel that. And like, mm. you don't feel like he doesn't understand it and he's not supportive. Like that's all they can do is be supportive because you are never going to be able to turn to them and say like, oh, do you understand? They'll be like, nope. And it's very simple as that. What do you do when you feel like you just want to run away and you push your partner away? I mean, I haven't felt like that for quite some time. Like, and different now because we live together. I kind of like can't push you away even if I wanted to or run away. But definitely, oh God, yeah, as we were saying before we started this of like, when I'd almost like try and like break us up or be like, I can't do this anymore. And I would definitely, I was very quick to throw in the towel on. Because everything was just so overwhelming. It was so overwhelming. And it's just like, I remember there was a time where I thought like, I've got so much in my head. Like I can't even think about my relationship. Like I actually can't even think about this and like how to maintain it or help grow it and just be in like a healthy, loving relationship. Like I was like, that is too noisy for me. It, but even the part of like, you weren't, a, you're, you weren't and still aren't like a demanding partner, like who was con- constant. Like I know there were times you did feel neglected, but you would never have said it because as you were doing, you were just sucking it up. Yeah. Um, but last part, you weren't even like a partner who was demanding, but even that just, almost like just having you there, I was like, I can't even deal. And it's like, it was so strange because you weren't, bothering me you weren't doing anything you weren't asking or pushing for anything you would be i'd try and break up with you or something like that and you'd be like yeah all right sometimes i guess in the relationship you know when you're pushing someone away it can be your grief obviously and you're dealing with something else internally that is coming out of like i don't want to be with you anymore and that's like that and you say that and you're like i did not mean that like i did not mean that but i just like I, I don't i need to be away from this right now like i need some time away i need to think myself but that actually you know you can break up with people too, like if you actually genuinely, yeah, if you think, genuinely don't want to be with them too. I think we need to be careful because we come out of the approach of like, yes, being in a relationship is great for your grief and stuff yeah, like and that having, because, because it worked for us. But some people aren't in the most healthy relationships and they do need to cut that like, tie I'm, because I'm it's not, not helping. I'm not going to say names, but like of a friend we know recently who had a, had a bereavement and she broke up and kind of like, sometimes you will go through a bereavement and you would look at this person who you would have been with for potentially how many years or however long, not even long or short time. And it just, as you do in a bereavement, you get like given these new glasses of like, I see your life totally different. Mm. And you look at your partner and be like, 
oh, I don't want you. Like, you're not, I know you're not, I just, they may not even, you know, just know from the jump, I know you're not going to be able to support me how I need to, or just like, or even just to like exclude from grief of like, I just don't want this. I just don't want you anymore. I just yeah. think I need me time. And so that's a big, yeah, caveat of just, it doesn't have to be, just because like, you're like, they're not supporting you in your grief or like they're, you know, just sometimes it's absolutely fine to walk away from the relationship if you just, you just don't want it. You just look at that person like, yeah, like it was good while it, before and just kind of, you've been through this life changing thing and like this thing's blown up your life and you're like, what the fuck? So like, every, everything is going to change. It will. And so that's totally fine too. So if potentially you are running away, you find yourself constantly running away and pushing your partner away like, I feel like you absolutely were my punch bag, but you're also the one I want to speak with the most and, like, be around the most and, and comfort me and just be in your presence all the time. But I feel like if you're running and pushing away and you, you still don't have that yearning for your partner, mm. then I think that's quite a big telling thing of, like, when you've got yeah. that push and pull, that push and pull, that's when it's really complex and just figuring shit out. But if there is a constant push away, I think that's maybe a deeper conversation 100%. to have of, like, maybe I'm just not happy in general. Mm. How do you make them understand that you'll never be okay after this loss? The biggest part of your heart is now missing. Um, I mean, in the terms of like never be okay after this loss, I'm going to break this down of like, how do you make them understand you'll never be okay with this loss? Like, because the general fact is you will be okay after this loss. And if you come and want to bite my head off about that, it's the fact of you will at one point be okay after this loss. It's more of you don't have to ever be, nor like for me, I will never be okay with this loss. Like I will never be okay. The fact that mum died at 51, I will never ever be able to find that silver lining of like, oh well, or like that and everything for a reason kind of thing. I will never ever be able to find that and to go, I understand now why she had to die. I will never, ever understand that. But to me to sit here and say, like, have I ever not been okay after this loss? Absolutely, I have been. But to, I think, you know, even you nodding your head there, like, you understand that of, like, you know that I will never be okay with the death of my mum. And, like, mm. it's not something that I have to find yet, this silver lining in and I'll be like, oh, okay. And I think, I don't know of how, to, how you can make somebody understand that, like, is this person kind of... For, for maybe from what I'm thinking here of like is this person kind of trying to or like I'm guessing like the partner of this person is trying to like I don't know insinuate or ask you to be okay after this or like with they this loss expecting you to move on from it yeah basically yeah the, 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 the biggest part of your heart is now missing and that is something that I think with time like just and that's a really what I would imagine like a really heartbreaking thing to 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 learn and understand about your partner mm. to like understand that a piece of your there's a part of your partner that will be eternally sad they're not gonna get over that that loss mm. it's, it's not just gonna disappear after a couple of months and you'll be cracking on like normal like it doesn't it doesn't work like that mm. but you also have to stand that it will get better it won't maybe be as traumatic and they will not move on but just understand it a little bit more and mm. like well like you said before live with it <laughs> was there some point where you felt like she was pushing you away too much like you felt alone in the relationship you know that you're not going to be the priority all the time mm. and you know that sometimes like like your mind's not always going to be in it and your mind's going to be elsewhere mm. 
and you're not going to be all happy all the time. Like we said earlier, like sometimes you push me away and I'm like, yeah, but that's not really what you want. Like you might want mm. space at a certain time and you might want to be alone at a certain time. That's 100% fine. Like you can have your alone time and mm. you can focus on yourself for a bit of your own time. But like I'm here to help you. Yeah. I'm yeah, I'm not here to, to work you against you. Feel I'm not here to, I'm not here to like toxic positive, like your way out of everything and kind mm. of like, like I'm on your side. I think that's mm. definitely a part too of kind of why we kind of combat people and push them away. Like we just kind of feel like everyone is kind of like, sometimes you can feel like everybody is out to make you like, move on from this and try and move on and you're just like you will be like everyone told to go away and leave you alone because you feel like they're just going to fill you up with like toxic positivity and just trying to like and that's hard to tell of like who is actually genuine in it of like who is actually just wanting to support you and who's just kind of like to wants to like silence your grief and be like no no enough of this now like come on how does grief affect your intimacy that's, I think that's more of a question for you because I... I I'm not to lay down and take me. it. Oh, fucking hell. Like, I don't necessarily I mean, see I, it as that much. I don't see it as clear as maybe like you would think it. Do you know what I mean? Like, So you didn't remember like... Do you not no, remember like... In like, the first like two weeks, like, let's not pretend like... Yeah, like that's the last thing on, on my mind, let alone your I mind. I feel like it wasn't that long though. But we had the added... <laughs> difficulty and complexity of the fact that I then moved into my mum's bedroom. Yeah, that was weird. Like for that, I think that was probably weird for me. Yeah, I can. And, and I, a dog moved in as well to the bedroom. I'm not really used to that. <laughs> the dog. His name is Jasper. <laughs> Sorry, well, people don't know who Jasper they, was. Actually, people do. Don't they they? Yeah, do know yeah. Jasper because I wrote about him. <laughs> yeah, we had the added story story time here. The added. Um, trouble of the fact that when mum died, so our, our family house at the time, it was a two bed upstairs. My brother had like a room downstairs that like our living room was split into half and he was down there. So my room was the biggest room in the you house. It sounded like he just like slept on the sofa. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. He, he was, had a bedroom he had a, downstairs. He had a bedroom, but he was basically never home. It was also his girlfriend. So it was just like, it was just like a bedroom. He was always at her house. Yeah. So he was just kind of just like, yeah, he wasn't really ever home. So my bedroom was upstairs. It was like the biggest room of the house. And then mum's was the, at the back. And so when mum died and then my brother also basically moved back home and him and his partner, they were like, well, we need like the biggest room. And there was a whole fucking boo-ho about that. And I'm still not over it. Um, it's still got it now and they've still got it now and they made and, and they made it even bigger <laughs> and then they made it even fucking bigger um and basically my brother and like there's definitely like i said to my brother like that went cool like what you did to me like both mentally like it was like i know it was logistically it made sense obviously mm. but mentally that was so hard of like i was just shoved it was like straight away it was like straight away shoved into my mum's bedroom everything is exactly like hers I think we got rid of my... I remember waking up in the morning and my bedroom was being dismantled. I was like, oh my God, this guy. Mm. Um, and so like we were like in her bed, like had her bed. We changed the mattress, but like it was... Yeah, we were in the space where she... Like where she lived. And so kind of our whole surroundings were like, mum. And so until I was able to put like my imprint on it, it was like, it was just weird. So I think... But I know there definitely wasn't a long time between when we when we had sex again, so it clearly didn't bother us that much. <laughs> no, I don't think it was a massive issue. When you were bothered by like, the dog like, being think, when we had sex. Like sometimes, like naturally, yeah, you're just gonna be in a funk and mm. like you're like gonna different be different times of the year. Like, yeah, like but that could be anything. Like, it doesn't have to be anything to do with grief. Like sometimes your partner's just, just in a bad mood or something. Yeah. Like, 
But yeah, definitely, I, I, in all honesty, like, clearly if we can't sit here and be like, oh, there was like a real dry spell. Mm. But there was definitely times I was like, you know, my mum would be thinking about my mum or just what's happened and like, you know, we're kind of getting down to it. I'd be like, oh God, like, shake it out. Like, it's a really fucking weird thing when you're about to like have sex and you're just, your mind is elsewhere and you're kind of like, oh, like dial back in and you're like, oh my God, why on earth was I thinking about my dead mother? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh God, like, oh, how did we get there? And just, but caveat to this, I don't know if this episode is going up before or after when this, but there, there'd be a whole episode on sex and grief and relationships. So I won't feature in that. No, I will actually be speaking to like a sex psychologist on that. So don't worry we really will get into like the whys I, I think something for people listening maybe this person was at this question in of like however whichever way your intimacy and your libido has gone after your bereavement of like it, it's really debilitating like some so people go like 100 don't they some people get horny as fuck yeah and then you start and then it adds another worry you're like you're already worried and consumed thinking about so much other shit mm. and then you're worried about like is my relationship struggling and like being affected now because like of my of how our sex life is being impacted so it's a big 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 conversation and i will further be discussing okay this one do you and your boyfriend have different views on the afterlife did you disagree on anything i find it comforting to believe in science etc but the other half doesn't believe so no no well, yes we do have different views on the afterlife yes yeah, very different very views. different I do believe there is some some form of afterlife. Yeah, in heaven, Joe just believes you die and that's it. It's black. There's nothing <laughs> else. It's the end. It's, it's the end. The final curtain. It's done. We've had conversations, and it's so funny. Of like, you know, I think for some people, like that can be a real big decision breaker of their relationship, and like, especially in something in grief, like if you're finding loads of comfort in things like the afterlife, whether you do start leaning in more to like faith. And spirituality, if you find comfort in that and then your partner's like, no, I think it's all, you know what it is? I think what's worked with us is that you let me do my thing, I let you do your thing. Yeah, I might like, take the piss out of you, you sometimes. Will take, yeah, you'll take like, the piss, yeah. Like we can't say, be like, you know, you know, you will take the piss out of me and you'll challenge me and you'll question me. And I'll be like, whatever, I like it because it brings me comfort. And, you know, who are you to tell me otherwise? Mm. And you'll be like, whatever, like, it's fine. Yeah, that's fine, isn't it? If you want to believe that, then that's fine. Like, if, like What danger is I it? understand why people, like, believe in religion. Like, it makes the world a lot easier to understand. And more of like religion, yeah, and kind of just, or just like of afterlife and stuff like that. It's just, I mean, I'm so big on just like, just do what you want to do as long as it don't hurt anyone and just, uh, or yourself and just, so what if somebody wants to believe that their person goes upstairs to the sky or downstairs below? Yeah, if it um, makes, if, if it, it makes you you're happy and it makes then... you comfort, what's the big fucking whoop? Yeah. Um, but I do understand like how it can be like, you know, especially if like your partner is like really like, mm, like I know those times I've come to you and I've been like, oh my god, and like told you like a story or an anecdote or something or like I've read or something I felt, and you you'll be like, oh okay, like, and I know you're like crock of shit, crock of shit, but you're like, you know what, it brings her joy, um, and she's shared it in with me, and like you know, well conversations about. You know, you love to talk about science and like, I don't enjoy that, but I know it makes you happy. Facts, bro. Facts. Facts. This one. Do you ever, okay, we'll do this one and we've got some Instagram ones. Do you ever get annoyed at your partner for grieving for so long or causing a dampener on events because their loved one isn't here anymore? 
So when this one came in, I was for like, grieving bro. so long. Like now, nah, like I think we've accepted that. Like let's be honest, like that is pretty much the main thing of your like life. Like that's what you do now, isn't it? and you've made that a massive thing. So no, I don't get pissed off for you grieving so long, like. Mm. because it's actually it's but actually ta- helps your grief but like. take away the fact like you've got to think for me like not everyone has started a podcast on Instagram that would happen yeah. take away the fact of that like I, you know I've lost my mum and just like I'm sad about that for like earlier like, I'll never be okay with the fact that mm. I lost my mum and so like for the, this person I'm going to think of an example of like you know um, causing dampness on events of like Christmases and nice occasions family things you know yeah, immediately we, we, well we spoke about it the other day like when the, we you first told me about this question like like Mother's Day for us was yeah. Those like first I think years our, were rough. One of our big challenges was for yeah Mother's Day. Yeah, like I'm I'm in a situation where I've got you who you know you want like comfort, com- comfort yeah. on that day, and it's a difficult, really difficult day for you. And I 100 mm. percent understand that. And then like I've got a mum, <laughs> <laughs> so like I've I, got a mum. I need to go see her as well. Like I'm in two situations, and mm. me personally, like my mum lives halfway up the country. Like this, it's it's difficult to yeah, squeeze them both the... into one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is always difficult to deal with. Mm. Um, and like, not gonna lie, I like do dread that day when it comes up because you're it this I'm year? gonna disappoint someone. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. it's not ideal. Yeah, I mean, I when this first came in, I was like, well, that's a bit raw. But I was like, you know what? I can imagine it can be hard of just like, especially when you're with someone and you obviously love this person and you, you hate seeing them in pain and so much agony. So when like joy joyful times come around, like just whatever events in your life may be happening, you might be looking and thinking like, this would be something that would be really nice and like, give them a good time and give them a bit of a laugh and a mm. nice time. Not to forget, that's not, not to forget, but just to give them a bit of joy in their life. And so kind of when, you know, as kind of already just like sadness from the jump, it could be like disheartening because you just want them to feel happy. But if it is coming from a place of like, a bit of like, I think like selfishness in this maybe of like, just always a dampener and anything like for me, mm. like, I don't know. Like, that's where I'm a bit like, that's where, sorry, you need yeah, to, yeah, you need to like have some, joy have, some life. have some, have some, yeah. or just, no, 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 just of, like, for, like for this person, like if it's more of a self centered thing for them of like, why can't you just be happy? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah for like, for God's sake, just cheer some, up, yeah. will you? How's your compassion? Like, yeah, have some understanding. Have some understanding. Like, I was like, well, that Christmas one I mentioned to you when we were talking about this, like when this question came in, it made me think of a time like there was a Christmas and, Joe's mum invited us to hers for Christmas and we, we don't normally do Christmas at hers normally with my lot and I remember being like quite apprehensive about it because I really wanted to spend it with my family I've just like didn't want to miss any sort of Christmas and kind of I was I think I said like, oh it's just like it's a bit of a tough time you know Christmas and you were like I just want I wonder if you know there would be like a Christmas where it, it just won't be like tarnished with this something mm. and I was a bit like <laughs> I said I don't know I said I said I hope so you know but it was hard at that point to ever see a time where Christmas just wasn't always dampened and it is for me like but the last Christmas is like you just you learn to carry both of like the happiness and the sadness like I think I definitely lived in a very binary way of like well it's either sad or you're happy and pick one for the for the yeah. for the event that's it like you can't be happy for all of it because then you're you're um like disregarding your grief for your mum and you can't be sad for it because yeah my god you've got to be some joyful time around this time so um i think for this partner like this person like 
I want to say it is perfectly normal to feel annoyed at that. I don't want to sit here and say like you're you're like a dickhead for feeling this because I can absolutely understand that like why that could be quite frustrating. But to understand of like really putting yourself in your partner's shoes of like I'm sure they are not walking around like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh, just like mm, you know. That guy's sure, annoying. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I'm not, but love him. But I'm sure you know if they could really and they want to try and find some joy they really would like understanding like sometimes we really try with all our might in these times to pull ourselves out of a rut or like to really get involved in the, the festivities whatever it may be and sometimes it just ain't there sometimes it's just sad fucking time and that's what it's gonna be yeah i'm looking more looking for advice i lost my dad two years ago and have decided i wouldn't like to have a wedding as i feel the gap where my dad should be brackets dance walking down the aisle etc would just completely ruin the day for me i've told my partner this and said i would love to get married but just the two of us us and the kids so there is lots of people missing not just one he's not very happy with this and feels his family shouldn't miss out what do i do thank you in advance if you do get to this question and thank you for the endless support your podcast and instagram has brought me thank you we had two Different but interesting thoughts on this one. I've been dreading this question. <laughs> you don't have to dread it. I'll go first and you can expand a bit on yours because when I saw this come in, I was like, before, because I really, really resonate with this person. I really, really do. And I absolutely feel you like deeply because since mum's died and just throughout the years, as we have gotten closer to talking about like getting married and having children and whatnot when i looked at our wedding day it has completely changed to what it was like pre uh mum dying and like the early stages after she died um because yeah mine has absolutely changed i'm i'm quite similar to this person of like maybe not so like quite this this the scaling down of it but i am very much more my mentality as much as i have tried to shift it a bit of uh I don't want, I don't really, I don't yearn to have the big wedding and do the very traditional things because like my mum isn't here and it really sucks and it's really painful to think about that day. But then also understanding that this isn't just my day either and that it's yours too. Like, I think definitely there was a time I was like, well, I don't care. Like, if I just want to go and elope and with him, and that's it. And, you know, you have to understand that. But actually, I'm like, no, this is a day for both of us. And I'm, I don't want to be a bridezilla. I'm just like, but finding that balance of like, I need you to understand that the whole the, what we might have spoke about or wanted before isn't going to happen it's because it's painful and like i don't want my wedding to be it was going to be painful enough as it is it's going to be painful enough today so if i can maybe minimize or honor my person in a way that i may want to like where's our happy medium and so um I do I did I did hear like the bit when like you said, you know, if there's lots of people missing, then we won't just realise that big painstaking part missing there. And I was like, I totally hear that of like and it's hard for your partner too, because he's saying, you know, but then why should my family have to miss out and kind of why do they get to miss out on that that key memory? And it's like where do you find the happy medium there of like not having you know potentially a hundred plus people and only noticing the one person who's missing from the table set there and yeah i mean i 
I don't know what the advice I think for the advice for me with this is is to find that happy medium of understanding you know I totally totally get it of like why you want to do that because I am with you but understand that it is both of your wedding day and you need to find that happy medium between you both of that Um, I don't know just to be honest to be brutally honest you're gonna feel that gaping hole of your dad whether you have a hundred plus guests or none regardless regardless of what you do around it and that is just something to come to acceptance of i think that's where i'm just like i can do i I, like for me i could scale our future wedding down as much as possible like skip all the traditional stuff that might upset me but i'm always gonna know you're always gonna know that you're doing that because i'm always gonna know what people and people ask why aren't you doing a Mm. thing i say well you know people say oh you know you can do it if you want to so i'm like i know i might don't want to but you know kind of stuff like that and that's not bothered me like I don't have no problem saying to people of like yeah like my mum died and I think it's a really painful thing but then also like I definitely have changed like in views about wedding and marriages anyway like it's a day for you and your partner I don't think it's actually a day for everybody else but um yeah that's my view what's yours again? yeah I really I really struggled with that question when it yeah. came in like i but I don't know the answer. Mm. And like I like I said, like you just said in that situation, like I think it's one of the things that I've struggled to understand recently. Like it's come up in conversation mm. for us recently mm. because it is like closer and it is something like we are discussing. Oh, and it's hard for me to, I think it's one of the hardest things for me to understand in like your grief now. Yeah. That, this like is how probably, yeah. the future and how the future will work. Mm. But yeah, hundred percent makes sense. Like, why you would not want to make a big thing of it because you know that mm. that there's going to be that that looming thing over the top mm. of it that mm. that your mum's missing, um, and it's difficult for the non-grieving partner to to mm. process that in a way and be like, oh well, I didn't actually envisage my my wedding to to be like that, and yeah, and to actually accept that, is, especially maybe as well tough. if you'd had conversations before the person died of mm. like a different like elaborate kind of wedding and a different vision and then now this because we definitely did we'd be like we probably spoke loads of times about like oh kind of like this and definitely more upscale and then being like something has changed someone has died and it's changed and there's different conversations going on or like i know of things of people who like before their person died were like yeah i want to have kids and then their person whoever that is has died and just like but i don't want it and it's like that's a huge fucking thing to change like if you've been with someone and that was someone that you might have said you both wanted and then now all of a sudden something has changed and you don't want it and it's it's compromise it's compromise you've yeah. both got to compromise on this he's got to compromise with you and you've got to compromise with him yeah. um you have to find that happy medium and there will be some things that maybe you'll have to be like all right but that is that is relationship so you've got to compromise there but if it is something that is really if there is something that is really you think that would just like ruin the day for me i'd be really deeply upset you have to say it and you have to say why you can't like the biggest day for you as a couple like you have to be honest with each other about how you want it to go about you have to you know be honest with them and say like this is why like understand i don't like when we spell i'm like it's painful like why would you want to put your partner through pain like you'd Mm. like to think you know okay so you know if if he wants his bloody mum, but he'd be like, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> difficult. Like, I, I'm, I'm not telling you how to um, like organise your wedding, but I don't know. Like, do I mean, do yeah, something small. Do something small, like like you want to do, and 
yeah, maybe and do just like have the, the two of you, and then just have a fat party after. Yeah, I don't maybe, know. Yeah, like, maybe, yeah, exactly. It's a compromise. That's a compromise. Like yeah. maybe you have your ceremony small, and then um, yeah, your big party, and that your partner have the big party that he wants, or the big, you know, all the people there that he wants there. Like, what is the happy medium here? Where can we get to a place where we're happy and we're satisfied and fulfilled with this? Like, it's complex. It's hugely complex. But you just got to be honest, have the conversation with each other. Yeah. Thanks for coming back on the show. It's all right. Um, do I get money for this? Do you pay no, me? No, you or? don't. No, you don't. It's been lovely to have you. Let's get dinner on the go. I hope this episode has been helpful, just a bit insightful. Just as we said before, we're no experts, just a couple. We've been together for a long time and been through grief for quite a while. <laughs> I'll do it again in another three years. Oh, I mean, you're kicking scream about it then, wouldn't no, you? Not at all. Lying bastard. Okay, see you next week. See ya. Thanks for tuning in this week. I truly appreciate every single person who listens to the show. By doing so, you're actually helping more people find the show and in turn support themselves. You can keep up to date and become part of the Grief Gang community by following us on social media platforms such as Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and TikTok. Check out our website and blog too and if you fancy, you can sign up to our newsletter where you will receive regular emails and first to knows on events and workshops. All links for the above are in the episode footnotes. Big love, look after yourself and I will see you next week. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.